Hello and welcome to Rebounding Faith. I'm Gina Ferrari. I'm Kristen Corona. And I'm Catherine Baer. When walking in faith seems impossible and you can't see the purpose in your pain, we are here to help you find hope in the struggle. Hi, and welcome to Rebounding Faith. We're so glad you're joining us this week. Do us a favor before we get started on the conversation. If you guys would take a moment and review and rate our podcast, we'd really appreciate it. Leave a comment or two, like and subscribe, and share this podcast with someone you think might need a little encouragement. Definitely. So I am Gina, and I'm here with Catherine and Kristen. And I was just thinking that it would be really fun to have a conversation about our words and the power of our words and the taming of our tongue. And uh, this tongue, this little tiny part of the body that has so much power. Um, So I just thought it'd be a good topic to discuss with you ladies today. And I had a couple fun facts that I read. Are you tongue tied? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, couldn't resist that one. I feel like she's picking a topic that she's really strong in because she's so eloquently. Yes, I can't even say it. Spoken. Oh, Mm -hmm. yeah. She has like the power of prayer. Yes. Yes. Yeah, never said a harsh word in my oh, life. Oh, 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 Yeah, so no, now we're uh, upping the ante. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. sorry, go and ahead. So anyway, a couple of fun facts. The blue whale's tongue weighs more than the average elephant. Oh, my gosh. And I, I really? read that, and I was like, really? And Is so how even? much does the average elephant I, I, weigh? Exactly, and who weighed the tongue yeah, of the blue whale? But anyway, it that was is a, a fun, fun fact. fact. And then the second one was that the chameleon's tongue is twice as long as its body. Really? Yeah. How does it get back into its mouth if it's longer than its body? (laughs) I don't know. Okay, sorry. These are the thoughts that come to my mind. Yeah, yeah. So then I thought it might be kind of fun to think about some of the things that we thought of or heard Mm -hmm. as a child. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, sticks and stones may break your bones, but words will never harm us. Who came? That's a bunch of bull. Who came? Yeah, up with they that both one. hurt. <laughs> yep. Right? I like the if you don't have something nice to say, then don't say anything at all. We learned yes. that at like kindergarten, right? Yeah. And it still applies today. We need to use that one more often. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like the loose lips sink ships. A yeah. little bit old, but I like that one. And I also found a quote, you guys, that says, A human slips more by his tongue than by his foot. Wow. Food for thought. That's a good I one. I like that one. Will Unless you- it's you know, you put your foot in your mouth. Yeah. Then it's a double whammy. Yep. Yeah. My dad always used to. <laughs> well, you definitely this. slip if your foot's in your mouth. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I have to go back and listen to the episodes to catch all of Kristen's little whimsical <laughs> sayings. I'm like, oh yeah. See, should have been listening more. But I was just gonna say, my dad used to say this a lot growing up that it is better to appear like a fool than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. In other words, like. <laughs> Make sure you know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. It, that actually is in the Bible, too. Is it really? Yes. Okay. Didn't yeah. know. Way to go, Dad. All right. That's so funny. speaking of the tongue, the Bible in the King James Version, it references the tongue in 126 passages. No way. 
Wow. Yeah. So there's definitely some importance there. Mm -hmm. And nearly every chapter of the Proverbs has something to say about the tongue. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I I wrote out three of them. If you guys want to, Kristen, would you read the first one? Yeah, sure. Proverbs 15.4, gentle words bring life and health. A deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. Mm -hmm. Mm, Catherine, I read like the that. Next yeah, one. yeah. Proverbs sixteen twenty four says, "Kind words are like honey sweet to the soul and healthy for the body." Mm. And the last one was Proverbs eighteen four: "A person's words can be life giving water. Words of true wisdom are as refreshing as a bubbling brook." So I just thought those were three, I mean, like it said, nearly every chapter, and there's 31 yeah, yeah. chapters of Proverbs, and it all just Let's talks about... Let's go through about, all 126. <laughs> so we can do that. Huh? So our words, they have energy, and they have power, and the ability with our words to heal, or to hurt, to hinder, to humiliate, mm. we can help, we can humble... We have to consider the power of our words before we speak them. Mm. And our tongues are a doorway not only to feed our bodies, but to also have the power to nourish our soul and our spirit. You know, one that um, isn't mentioned here but connects the tongue with the heart is Mm. out of the heart the mouth speaks. I love that verse. Um, Really helps me to understand sometimes um, yeah. As I'm diving into things and what we're, when people say things, it's mm-hmm. as I'm trying to understand it. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing on uh, the opposite of that really is, uh, you know, you can tear down someone or you can encourage someone, right, with your right. words. And so encourage is actually mentioned 54 times in the Bible. Wow. 54 times. Wow. God is saying the word encourage in his words. So I think we absolutely, that is something we need to take in and consider and practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of, a lot that goes into it when we really start to think about it. I just wanted to talk for a minute about the words that we speak to ourselves, the words that we speak to others, the words that have been spoken over us mm-hmm. and to us, both good and bad, and how it affects us. So I was just wondering if you could like think of a time that someone said something to you that really affected you. I I have a story on this one actually, um, and, and I just want to clarify, Gene, are you asking like affected us in a good way, Both. a bad way, okay. either a good or a bad okay. way? Okay. So I uh, I have one actually that um, speaks to both of those. And so when I was employed at a mega church mm-hmm. here in Southern California, um, I had felt God put the call on my heart to step up in some for some sort of capacity in, in ministry. Yeah. And so I knew specifically it had to be around encouraging women and encouraging women who are going through difficult times and trials. So I had this dream um, you know, in terms of like just wanting to pursue this calling. And I was really meeting a lot of obstacles that were really put up. I don't know necessarily intentionally by the church, but it definitely became like, how am I going to overcome all these obstacles to be able to have this happen? 
And so I was deep in prayer and I was about ready to give up. I was so tired. I, I just felt like, why is a church making it so difficult to just be able to encourage and enlighten others? It didn't make sense to me. And I was ready to just say, it must not be God's will. So I'm going to walk away from this. And there was one pastor at the church. They had several, again, mega church. But one of the pastors um, who happened to be the pastor that I reported to, he actually really encouraged me and said mm. that he had a dream too in terms of like being able to pursue his, but you know, doors weren't opening here and he saw promise with mine and he was just like, Hey, keep at it. You know, Catherine, keep going. And he just was such a voice of like a champion for this and believed in me and believed in the ministry that it really, really lifted me up. And so conversely, I had a similar situation with another pastor at the church that actually pulled me aside and didn't believe in this and actually told me that I needed to call it a group and not a ministry. Mm. Um, And when I probed and asked why, uh, he went on to say that because a ministry is something where God is moving. And I literally felt just almost like I just wanted to collapse. I was Mm. so heartbroken and devastated, especially after the challenges that I was facing to just get this up and going. And it was, you know, he went on to say that, you know, I could be a trailblazer for others who have dreams because it's not the church's dream, right? It's my dream. So I should be able to go out and make my own flyers and promote it. And I could actually be a trailblazer for others who have the same thing that isn't in alignment with what the, that particular church wants. And I was just so devastated by that. And I decided in that moment that I can either let that crush me mm-hmm. and continue, like fail to do what God is calling me to do, or I can rally around that and I can come up stronger and more determined that, yes, this is something God has called me to do no matter what this person is saying to me. I am so glad that you had that determination, Catherine, because out of the same church, you had two people. Yes. One spoke life yes. into you. Mm-hmm. One mm-hmm. encouraged you yep. and lifted you up and gave you hope. Yeah. And the other one, with the same amount of words, tried to belittle or yeah. make light of or minimize your what you thought was a ministry God was leading you mm-hmm. to do. And it was just so bizarre because this pastor had nothing to do with that area mm. at all. And it was like, stay in your lane. Like, why Why are you over here telling yeah. me? It has nothing right. to do with your area. But yet, because uh, he was pastor, pastor status, right? Yeah. Um, I felt like I had to submit to that. But it was, um, it was a little shocking. But yeah. I realized that we're all human and we all make errors and mistakes. And I chose to forgive that and to just continue forward with what I felt. God and was God calling blessed you. And, yeah. and thank goodness that uh-huh. you didn't just believe his words right. and have your dreams crushed. And I've never called it just a group. Yes. No, way. it's always been, been a ministry. A ministry. Mm-hmm. Because it is moving, yeah. right? Right. Yeah. What about you, Kristen? Do you think of any times? I think a lot about diff- different coaches I've had. Mm. Um, and that's obviously very specific to soccer where you have a coach. Um, and I played soccer my whole life from the time I was about, gosh, in first or second grade till I was 27. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of different coaches. Um, I also somewhat look at different leaders I've had in work as coaches too. Yeah. People yeah. that, to your point, are either breathing life into you or potentially sucking it mm-hmm. out of you. Mm-hmm. And I think... 
The most memorable for me, and I think what has helped really define me, is actually the coaches that probably took more life um, and maybe were really, really, really hard mm-hmm. on me um, when I was younger. And not in a like push, have expectations, but probably used words that you wouldn't use to young kids in an mm-hmm. effort to build them up. Um, but I also really look back at that experience and felt like it really taught me two things. One, how to just have thicker skin mm-hmm. and um, also to really think about intent versus impact. Mm, the and motivation behind the word. Yeah. And also sometimes the words weren't necessarily wrong. It was just the way in which they were delivered that was really off-putting or made mm. me cry or made me frustrated. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like at a young age, I learned a lot just to listen to the words that they were saying, regardless of how they were being delivered. Oh, mm-hmm. that's interesting. So and, you're ignoring the tone. And, and it's helped that. me a lot with work. Yeah, it's helped me a lot with work and um, different people that I've had to interact with and people who might get highly emotional and at times maybe even mean mm-hmm. um, is to really think about like, what are they actually saying? And do I agree with what they're saying? Like, mm. Is the feedback legitimate, regardless of if it's making me cry or making me I get my skin gets really red when I'm frustrated. It's mm. almost like I'm having like a like <laughs> like literal reaction, yeah. an allergy, um, an allergic reaction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes people will even say to me like, "Oh, I can tell you're getting frustrated. Like you're getting red." But so um, regardless of how I'm feeling, I I try, and I think that some of those people have helped me out way more than I even thought in the moment. Um, with that, so. Mm. I don't want to say I feel grateful for those moments, but I do think that they've really helped me a lot more as an adult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, well, coaches, teachers, bosses, people in leadership, you know, the way they go about things, the words they use, and different things work for different people. Mm-hmm. Like you being able to just have that ability to like listen to the words and not take them personally and let yeah. them hurt you. Um, even if it was kind of you were able to like listen to the words. I, I'm not so good at that. <laughs> I, I can tell you that. I mean, you know, it's so funny. I, I just thought of this, Christian, when you were talking about the coaching thing. So my brother has two boys and then a girl. And so, you know, he's used to coaching boys. He was their baseball coach and their coach all along. And so how he talked to them was very direct. And yeah. and then comes their daughter. And she's playing in, in high school basketball. And my brother's telling her on the way home how she could have done a whole bunch of things better in that game. And she just, you know, fell apart. That mm-hmm. It hurt her feelings so much. And so the next week, my brother was friends with her coach. And he's telling her, you know, guy, I just was telling you know, my daughter, what she needed to do to improve. And, and she really took it hard and it made me feel bad. And the coach said, oh, wait, you know, hold on here. Now, when it comes to w- girls, and I've learned this playing coach in basketball, girls for the most time prefer the compliment sandwich. And he said, the compliment sandwich. And he said, yeah, boys, you can just direct, just say it as though it is. Girls, start off with really liked the hustle that you showed. Start off with something positive. Then say, you know, you could really focus more on your 
you know, free shot or free throws or, you know, whatever. And then end with, but gosh, you were really good at this. He said, just sandwich in between a couple compliments, yeah. what a, a point you wanted to make and they'll be more receptive. And he was asking, telling me about that. And I was like, oh yeah, I'm all about the compliment sandwich. Yeah. If you start off with something hard, harsh with me, then I automatically start to, and I'm sure it has to do with my life experiences, start to close down a little bit. Yeah. But if you start out talking to me in a positive tone and then you say something to me that I need to have addressed and how I can improve on something, I'm way more willing to listen to that and to take it in because of the way it comes about. So the compliment sandwich works for me, That's but so for you... Funny. You yeah. were able to just, gosh, you know, from the time you were a kid, be able to sort it out. So that's awesome. Well, I'm sure I, I wasn't that great at it when I was a kid. It's how I choose to remember it now <laughs> as an adult. That's how you've reframed it. Yeah. 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 But, but I also think it's interesting. I think a lot about my parents. And um, I've talked about this before. My mom is Italian. And I, I say that because, it, like, our conversations are right now. I's using my hands. You I was can just yeah. hey, Kristen's got my her hands. hands going. We're very emotional. We uh -huh. talk a lot. It's often that my mom and I were either crying or screaming or laughing and my all dad, in one conversation, all in one conversation. <laughs> and my dad is a man of very few words and so the way that they both communicated was also interesting because I also learned to like really value what my dad had to say because he didn't say a whole lot mm -hmm. so you know even if it's something simple like I'm really proud of you yeah. or conversely like he he was known for the I'm not mad at you just disappointed, disappointed. Yeah. and that was crushing yeah. you know but it was almost kind of like the balance of the two helped me also with how I interpreted or listened to what other people had to say too um, so it's really interesting to think about and I couldn't agree more just the whole concept of people's words and how much they impact you um, I mean you you really can make someone's day mm. um, or you can destroy it too on the flip side yeah and, you know, I, I had that experience in being married for almost a decade to somebody who was cruel and unkind. And words can crush a person's spirit. And over time, they can really do a lot of damage. Yeah. We don't realize with our words the lasting effect. I mean, Joel Olstein said something along, and I'm sort of pa paraphrasing, but in 10 seconds, you can say something that 10 years later still has an effect. Wow. So we really do have to, I think we just have to choose our words more wisely. And if we would pause sometimes before we just- And filter it. Yeah. And I have to ask the question, do you guys think that we remember for 10 years the positive things as much as we remember the negative? Uh, I think it takes no, I don't think we do, Catherine. I think I, I think it probably takes three or four positive things that really are reinforced to us before that to come to mind, before one negative. And people say that about reviews and comments that people leave on yeah. social media, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. They can have a hundred people tell them how great they looked or, you know, what a great post that was and one person tell them that it was awful and they should shouldn't be posting at all. I think we remember the feeling that we have yeah. in that moment and you know, Disney did an interesting study where they found that people leaving the Disneyland theme park or whatever 
they have these magic moments. They strive to make these magic moments during the day mm-hmm. that people will remember. Yeah. And what's funny is their day could just literally be packed with long lines, heat, crowds, uh, spending a lot of money, right? Uh, not having, being disappointed. You can't get on the rides you want to get on, right? All of these experiences, yet that magic moment, they want to create something that they will hold on to and remember that feeling. Mm. And what's funny is, Disney is the, like, Disneyland is the magical, the most magical place on earth, right? Right. That's what they say. That's what they claim. Mm -hmm. And yet here we are as adults, like when we go to Disneyland initially, we expect to have that feeling because we probably remember a feeling that we had before Mm -hmm. at Disneyland that, that captured that. And so I think about when we talk about words and interactions with others, if we don't remember both the negative and the positive, I, I would venture to say that when you have a conversation with someone and they choose their words in such a way where it's uplifting and encouraging, you probably remember that person and that warm feeling that mm-hmm. you have, right? But if you're interacting with someone that might be more toxic and more difficult and harsh, you're going to remember the words probably because they're more cutting, mm, you know? Yeah. I, I just, I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, no, I, I, I think that, you know, there is a saying that goes about it's uh, what lasts, like you remember how a person made you feel, not what they did for you, right. not what they mm-hmm. said, what, how you feel. Yeah. And that's an important thing that when, if we can, if it's within our power in a conversation, and I think false flattery is really dangerous too. And I don't think that that's something that we should do. I think that it's important that we remember the power of our words and that when we compliment someone and there's always something to find positive mm-hmm. to say to someone and a, a way right. to uplift them. Um, but I think that that's a, an important thing just in, in, in picking our words and uplifting people and using them in a way that when they leave you, they're feeling good about yeah. themselves. They're feeling better than when they arrive. Yeah. That's always my goal. Mm-hmm. I can have somebody feel better when they leave than when they showed up. Yeah. 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 I read a quote, too, by someone that said, words are free, but they can cost you a lot. Mm. I mean, you know, and there's something to that, too, you know. I I think also Mm -hmm. um, I realize this a lot at work where also observing the words that people are using to explain how they feel about certain things or how someone might be showing up. I also think there's an opportunity to be really good listeners Mm -hmm. because I feel like sometimes how often someone talks or the words that they choose actually um, are a part of something much bigger that might be going on with them. Yeah. Um, like if somebody is really boastful or if somebody talks to lot, like, likes to talk a lot mm-hmm. and likes to be kind of like the person in the room that's mm-hmm. laughing and kind of the center of attention type thing. Um, I'm not, I'm not a psychologist, but I, I do interact with enough people to know that typically when that's happening, that's a sign of someone who's probably feeling actually really insecure yeah. Right. Yeah, for or sure. if somebody is using their words to really destroy somebody. Right. Yeah. And that's how I also got a lot better about accepting when people would speak to me a certain way is I just got to a point where I'm like, well, this is not about me. 
this wow. like this is definitely like what I did it did not cause this interaction like there's something deeper there that's really healthy to be mm-hmm. able to make that distinction yeah. yeah and so I think we can help support one another mm-hmm. too because we're all guilty of it when we mm-hmm. have our own securities um, or we're trying to fit in or whatever it may be but I also think that in an effort to not say something that we regret in mm-hmm. a moment that can escalate really quickly is to potentially try and recognize like, wow, this is more about them in something that they're going through than mm-hmm. it is about me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And gosh, even better if you can recognize that in yourself oh, before yeah. you say something that you regret. But that's really hard. Like yeah. with most things, it's always easier to yeah. see it in someone else than yourself. Right. I but, know. Right. Yeah. Like when you go to that sermon and you don't see yourself at all, but it's like, hey, this is happening with. Uh, yeah. So Hope my husband's here. listening yeah. to this because boy. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. I also think about how when we are wanting to really talk about our faith Mm -hmm. and share that. I think about Jesus's words um, when he talked about, you know, that if without love, it sounds like a drum, you know, right. It's that, that verse that talks about that. It's just a loud drum, like just noise. So if our words are lacking love in Mm -hmm. them, when we are talking about our faith or whatever, right. When we're delivering that and, giving an answer, always being ready to give an answer for the hope that we have. And when we're answering that, um, and the reason I bring this up is because my daughter is at a university right now where there's a lot of protests that happen. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them actually are against, you know, the Christian faith. And so they're protesting or on the other side, they are extremists in terms of you know, camping out in with you know, anti-abortion and screaming at girls that walk by and just there's no love in that at mm-hmm. all. And so I think to myself that has had an impact on her because she's looking at that and saying, well, you know, this wasn't how I was raised, but if this is how Christians behave, do right. I really want to be associated with them? So I think this is getting a little bit more into actions, but the words that we say, we really need to deliver it with love so that we can really capture that audience, lift them up, encourage them, and really um, make an effective connection there without, like you were saying, Gina, like you just, the walls go up immediately, you know, if something harsh is said immediately. And that's, Mm -hmm. I think, our defense mechanism. It just goes up and we just don't. We stop receiving. Well, I have to mm -hmm. really think about slowing myself down because I can get very emotional and I um, am prone to maybe saying something that I, I I wouldn't say that I say a lot of things that I regret, of Mm -hmm. course, but saying things I wouldn't have maybe said or in that way, or maybe I would have been more empathetic if I had just taken a moment. Mm -hmm. And I think in that example with your daughter, I can think of a lot of things and, and probably all of us have been in conversations, especially the last couple of years, mm-hmm. and topics come up where we have very differing views. And how do you, in a way, still show that you love that person and you care for them, but you disagree? And how, but gosh, I, I love that we live in a country where that's okay Mm -hmm. if we choose to engage in more of a healthy dialogue with somebody like that right but I think in those moments we it it is important to think about like I want this person to know that I love them and I care about them 
I don't agree with them. I don't agree with their behavior. Um, And because I love them, I want to tell them that because I I would hope that they would say the same to me if Mm -hmm. they felt that way in a respectful and loving and kind way. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think it's such a good point to just slow down. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe don't say anything for a while if you can't like work through it quick enough. Yeah. Right. Taking that pause. This pastor and at the church that I used to attend said that we should always filter what we're going to say through the lens of, is it true? Is it necessary? Is it kind? And you need to be able to say things. If it's true, is it necessary to say right now? And can I find a kind way to say it? then it's going to be received, right? Mm. It's all in, I think, when, how we talk, when we talk, what we say, the words we choose. You know, I was telling my brother that I was going to do this little topic on this, and he thought it was a great conversation. And he said, you know, so many times we spout something out and say it, and then we think that we say, I'm sorry, and it wipes those words away. Mm -hmm. And it does not. Mm -mm. And then it made me start thinking about words that have been said to me in my life and, you know, sometimes the words of others. And let me make clear that just because someone says something... Doesn't make it true. Doesn't make it true, you know? But when we, when someone else's words become our words and we start repeating them to ourselves, ah, that, you know... That's not a good place to be. And I was just saying, you know, to my brother about this point, no, we can't say I'm sorry and wipe away words that were said. But a thought came to me that when someone, if you said something mean to me, Catherine, and I do um, all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Catherine's very (laughs) uplifting. So this is a if she did say something to me that was unkind. Okay, so you said that. Now, if I go home and I stew on those words, you're not continuing to say those words. You said them. But every time I replay those words in my mind, I'm hurting myself. Mm. I'm giving more power to your words than they should have had. Sort of like what you were saying, Mm -hmm. you know, Kristen, with you being able to decipher the difference between what they're saying and how they're saying it. But I just thought, oh, I needed to remind myself of the fact that sometimes people are thoughtless in what they say, and they speak without pausing, and they don't run it through those filters. But we don't have to allow those words to become our truth mm-hmm. and to replay them to ourselves and, and to give them more power than they should ever have. Right, right. Well, we've talked about this in a lot of different episodes. I love that because I go back to like how important it it is to have really great people around you Mm -hmm. because in that same example, right, if you called me and said, hey, Catherine, this is kind of funny because this would never happen, but Catherine (laughs) said this to me and I can't stop stewing on it. Um, I think it's important for for me to be able to say, I kind of see where she's coming from. You do do that sometimes. Mm -hmm. Or I have no idea where that came from. Like, I've never seen that type of behavior in you ever. Uh Um, So I don't think it's worth, like, having a second thought about, 
right? But having people around you who can help you by recognizing, you know, I think the way that that was delivered was not great. Mm -hmm. But I think what they were trying to tell you, I kind of see, right? right? Even if it doesn't make you feel good, I think that that's probably an area of opportunity for you. But conversely, that person doesn't even know you. Who cares what they said? I know you very well, and I've never seen that Mm -hmm. in you before ever. But like if you have really great people around you Mm -hmm. who are going to just speak the truth. Right. And do it in a way that is necessary and and kind. kind, Uh Right. Mm -hmm. I think that's really important. Yeah. And and I love how you alluded to the fact, Gina, that you need to stop and think before you speak. I know so often we get into trouble that way. So, you know, we speak and then, then maybe process and, you know, when you do that, there's so many repercussions that come out of that. And sadly, I know a few people who struggle with this. And um, I don't know that they see it as a struggle, mm-hmm. but it's just one of their characteristics. And I see them uh, lonelier yeah. than others mm-hmm. because people really, you know, shy away from that and they don't want to be around that. So yeah. I think, you know, we, we don't do ourselves any favors by doing that. So right. we should really be able to stop, consider, and then speak. And I love what you said as far as those three tips. Mm-hmm. Can you say them again? Just so I, yeah. I can put them to mental be- memory. Yeah. Before you speak, run it through the filter of, is what I'm going to say true? Mm. Is it necessary? And is it kind? That's so good. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. Yeah. What a great topic. I wanted to just bring us back to a couple of verses. Um, one is Proverbs eighteen twenty one that says, The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. And again, this is Proverbs, so it's Solomon. And before we started recording, Gina and I were having an interesting conversation about what do you think it meant with when he said those who love to talk will reap the consequences? Yeah, and that's what I said. I mean, I think that when a person is so interested in hearing their own voice and their own opinion and don't stop to listen to what anyone else has to say, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're going to eventually end up causing a problem you're gonna you know put your foot in your mouth or or stumble there's gonna be consequences for for too many words I also think of uh that is it a proverbs that says sin is never absent when words are many or when words are many some sin is never absent something Mm -hmm. like that so you're going to say something that you shouldn't right right? because you're just speaking too Too many words maybe you're going to repeat something that you shouldn't right Mm -hmm. Um, so those who love to talk will reap the con that just stuck with me. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Why. Well, yeah. you know, it, the Bible tells us, I mean, we've got two ears and mm-hmm. one mouth. We mm-hmm. are supposed to listen was, twice yeah. as much yeah. as we speak. Thing. Right. Yeah. So I think in, you know, in this conversation that, that what we can do and take away is just if we think about our words before we speak them. Use our mouths for what it's intended, for God intended us to uplift and encourage and love on people with our words. And do that as often as we can. Think before we speak and choose your words wisely, right? Yeah. I could not have said that better. I think you've you've just <laughs> summarized the whole the whole episode. Well done, Gina. Oh, thank you guys so much for listening. Um 
We really appreciate you guys. So uh, check us out on all social media and join us next time for another episode of Rebounding Faith. Have a rebounding week, everyone. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us. Come and join us next week and be sure to like and subscribe to Rebounding Faith.